Hey everybody, what it is? It is Friday. Thank God for that. Jeez. Thank God for Fridays. Seriously, give us something to look forward to. Although, personally, I've, I've always been a fan of Thursdays and Fridays. Fridays still, still gotta be top of the food chain. Yeah, still gotta be. Um, but, what's today? Uh, Friday, August... 18th, I believe. Pretty sure it's the 18th. 7:23 a.m. Doing pretty good this morning. Um, hope everybody out there in the world's doing okay. A lot of crazy stuff happened yesterday. Um, I try to stay away from the news personally, unless it's like about sports and stuff like that. Just because, I mean, it's it's all fake news. I mean, a lot of people want to pick a side or something like that, but you can't. You can't pick a side. It's all it's it's all BS. It's all fake news. It's all it's all opinionated. I mean, as soon as as soon as the news become gets an opinion, as soon as one side is taking a side, it becomes fake news because then it's not honest anymore. It's it's opinionated news, and opinionated news is not the real truth. You know, you shouldn't be able to have two separate networks like C or. Uh, yeah, I guess CNN, I guess CNN is like leftist media, right? Isn't it? MSNBC, CNN, it's kind of the same thing. Anyway, you can't have that in like Fox News and like say both of them, yeah, both of them tell the truth because they're telling two different stories because you can go on Fox News and you can listen to whatever they're yakking about. Know, probably talking, uh, probably talking a lot of shit about Democrats and stuff on one story, and then you can change the channel and go to CNN or MSNBC, whichever one of those is more uh, liberal, and they're talking about the exact same thing, but in a totally different way. That's that's what uh, somebody's got to be right. Somebody's got to be telling the truth. Are they actually is are they actually telling the news? Is this actually about the news, making sure that people know what's going on in the world, getting getting the real facts about what's going on, or is are they just or is it two different channels that are trying to you know uh, trying to boost ratings, get get watchers, viewers, clicks, whatever, and and get a story out? Like which one is it? Because if you're going to be called if you're going to be called the news, if you're going to be called the fo Fox News. Or if you're going to be called CNN, something, whatever the hell, news network, um, continuous news network, that's probably what it should be called since it never ends on that stupid network, um, you know, something like that, you got to actually tell the news, you got to tell the truth, you have to tell what's actually going on, unbiased opinion. As soon as you get an opinion... You're going to favor one side over the other, and you're going to put a spin on it to make it seem like your side is the better side. You know, Fox does it, CNN does it, I guess. Whichever one is whichever one is, is, is the liberal side. Fox is obviously the Republican side. So whatever Fox does it, the liberal side does it, you know, it's, and it's all, it's all, it's all bad news. It's all fake news because it's not the real truth. That's, that's the bottom line. You can, you can get some facts and some numbers about what's going on out of it, but it's never going to be the truth because all those facts and numbers are going to be engineered to support an agenda. 
those those networks they've all got an agenda it's it's a, for their for their sponsors or um whatever political side they're back in their agenda is going to be you know pushed towards that instead of saying you know this today's new broadca- news broadcast is brought to you by Lipton diet green tea mixed berry flavor you know they don't tell you any of that Instead, they just spin the news, they spin what's happening in the world in their favor to support a sponsor or to, to support a political ally. And then that's when, it, that's when it becomes fake. That's when it becomes hard to sift through and you have to do your own research instead of telling people what's going on in the world, unbiased, giving them the numbers and letting them decide for themselves. But it's, it's tough. You know, if you nowadays, if you want to get some some real news, some real facts, some real information about what's going on in the world, I mean, you gotta get on the internet and you gotta dig through stuff to figure it out. Because even a lot of online sources can be biased. I've recently found um, I've recently found the best. Eh, I would say best unbiased news source, which unbiased, I don't know, I I see the occasional story that's still, oh jeez, sorry about that yawn, what the heck, what the hell was that about, alright, anyway, I'll see the occasional biased news story and stuff like that, one side, it's mostly, it's it's almost always, if you see a, a biased news source, it'll just be something bashing Trump. But, I mean, if we're being honest, you don't necessarily have to be, um, you don't have to be like a hardcore lefty to be able to bash Trump, to write a story about bashing Trump. He's kind of a dope, so, you know, you figure it out. He's sort of floating through doing his own thing. But, Al Jazeera, Al Jazeera is, is a pretty good news source. You can get, you can get news about the world, the United States, Mexico, Canada all that Europe Asia Africa they got it's got worldwide news and I mean if you if you have worldwide news I mean you can't be everywhere at one time so you can't have a side so it's easier to report like that and so I sort of appreciate that so occasionally I'll jump on there catch a story or whatever but again in America, it's rare, though. I mean, you got to fight hard for what real for, for real news. So that's why I, I pretty much try to stay away from it. I try to stay away from watching the news. Um, you know, where I work here in Kentucky, they've got some TVs on in the break rooms and stuff like that. And, um, I mean, it's like they uh, somehow... They've somehow figured out a way to pay for direct TV but only have Fox News. So I don't know how they did that, but, you know, you see a lot of funny stuff on that network. But I guess the one thing that I'll... The one advantage that I will give Fox News, and even the one advantage that I'll give MSNBC over CNN, is that those two networks are obviously one-sided. You know, Fox News is obviously Republican. MSNBC is obviously um, liberal. But the bad thing about CNN is that CNN picks the side, I would say, of, you know, a liberal media. 
but, you know, they, they pick this side of liberal media, but try to do it under this mask that they're, you know, unbiased real news. That's like the biggest joke ever, dude. CNN's like the biggest fraud in news right now. It's like every, that is the one funny thing, dude, I give Trump props for is like every time somebody from CNN shows up, he just rips them and bashes them. Talks, he talks mad shit to them and tells them they're fake news. That's hilarious. I mean, a lot of people don't like that or whatever because they, uh, freedom of the press, derp, derp, derp. But I mean, these guys got to do, they have to do real Americans a service and give them the truth. And they're not doing that anymore. And what's worse, they're giving you a one-sided opinion and they're lying about it, saying that they're not, saying that they're, saying that they are unbiased, saying that they're given a poll from both sides. And just because you've got, you know, a seven-person panel on TV at one time, which is ridiculous to have seven people talking at one time, so you got a seven-person panel and some are Republicans and some are Democrats, that doesn't make you unbiased. The stories that you report on, whatever you're promoting, has to be unbiased. And it's, it's not for them, or at least it's not anymore. Maybe it was at one point, but it certainly isn't now. So, I mean, something, something's got to give soon, at least with the news. Hopefully, alternative media, as they call it, stuff like podcasts, you know, guys are doing YouTube channels now, um, you know, that kind of thing. Alternative media is totally taking over. It's, it's destroying TV ratings in a glorious way. You know, regular TV ratings are garbage right now, you know, like if they're on a good day... They're probably getting, I don't know, maybe two to four million views or something like that. Viewers, clicks, whatever. And I mean, for somebody that does alternative media, somebody's that that's big into podcasting, you know, whoever has whoever has big shows. I don't know who's got the biggest podcast and stuff right now, but I know that you know, a guy like, for example, a guy like, you know, PewDiePie or Joe Rogan. Or, um, I don't, jeez, I really don't know who else is that big. Those two are like, Joe, Joe Rogan's like the biggest guy in podcasting, and what do you call it? Um, PewDiePie's like the, is the biggest in YouTube, right? So I don't know who's bigger than that. But if they get four million, if they just get, you know, two to four million on a video, like, they're upset. You know? These guys are averaging like 10 million, like at least. PewDiePie probably is pushing more numbers than that. So, alternative media is totally destroying real media, real television, and things like that. And it's it's good because it's going to force them, the worse that they get, the harder it gets for them, it's going to get worse before it gets better. That's the thing. Because we're pushing them to the edge, so the networks are getting desperate. They're putting whatever out there that they can to, it's like clickbait, because that's what today is. It's like the age of clickbait, you know. They're putting whatever they can out out there to try to draw people in, and it's it's going to get worse for a period until it gets to the point where it's like, man, these, these crazy stories, 
these one-sided stories are not even drawing people in anymore. They're still getting their news from somewhere else. we got to figure something out. And it's going to force them to, you know, get their shit together and act right. And they'll start, you know, trying to, trying to do the right thing in the hopes that it's going to bring people back. But at that point, it's going to be too late anyway, and they're just going to hopefully die off. That's, that's the big thing. That's what we could all... The silver lining, best case scenario, is that these news networks die. Because as soon as they go away, then the, if the, it, the easier it will make it to, for Americans to get to the truth and find out what's really going on in, in the world without somebody putting a Republican or a liberal spin on it or a conservative, whatever you call it, a Democratic spin. See, if I say Democratic spin, it sounds like bullshit because liberals aren't real, you know, Democrats. So it's, I don't know, it's weird. But, um, yeah, so it's kind of hard to go through it. You got to be smart these days. But, you know, a lot of crazy, a lot of crazy stuff's happening. I mean, a couple of things. You know, Trump said he was sad about the statues being moved. I think was it in Baltimore they like took two statues down like in the middle of the night carried them off when nobody could see I mean in Barcelona a guy drove a minivan into a crowd of people killed I think he said killed 15 people injured 50 and then bailed out and got away and then like later that day like a house exploded somewhere like southeast of Barcelona and police say that it's connected, but they don't know how. ISIS has already came out and claimed responsibility for the, you know, car thing. It's insane, dude. It's insane. It's crazy. It's wild, wild times right now, folks. It's, it's wild times. You know, thank God we live in this American bubble where we're, we're so prosperous that we're bored and we have to fight over dumb shit like statues and stuff. I know that you're like, whoa, statues being dumb? Like, you're probably, you've got, you've got one or two opinions on that. You're probably going, whoa, the statue, the, the statue idea is dumb? Hold on now, man. Or you're going, yeah, right, this guy's right. Statues are dumb. The, the, the idea of the statues being moved is dumb. But let me explain, let me explain what I mean saying it's dumb. I think it's dumb. I think it's dumb to fight about them because it's one of those things I'm sure that the statues probably are probably always bothered somebody but it wasn't a big you know media firestorm hot button issue until recently I mean if I remember correctly they were all talking about other other stuff for you know many years and then all of a sudden the statue thing came out but like I said Confederate statues, I'm sure they bothered somebody at some point. It just didn't really seem like it was a relevant issue until now. And so it's kind of like, from the outside looking in, it's like one of those things where it's like they're trying to draw your attention. They're trying to pull your attention. They're sucking you in from something else that's going on, something else important. Though when it's like, you know, they're, it's like when you're, it's like a, you know, when you take your dog to the vet and it's like you're, they're clipping your dog's nails and your dog is freaking out so like instead of it freaking out you hold like a peanut butter a cup of peanut butter in front of it and you're like here be distracted with this peanut butter while they are cutting your nails off you know it's like that but like you know with the people it's like oh some 
wild stuff is happening somewhere else. Somebody, there's, they're passing some crazy legislation. But here, look at this. Look at this. Let's talk about the statues, man. Let's talk about the statues. Keep your, keep your eye off the ball, kind of thing. That's what it sort of seems like. Cause that's, I mean, I feel like that's what it almost always is. But, so my take on it is, you know, nobody. If, if you're one of those people that says they shouldn't take the statues down because you're, you're erasing history, uh, yes and no. You can't erase history, first of all. It's history. And history is always, history is written by the victors, okay? It's like the Civil War, you know? In the history books, the Civil War is, the, the history of it is written by the Union because the Union won the war. Those are the people that write the textbooks. That's what you get. So, for any circumstance, the victors write history. History goes to the victors. So it's already got a, some sort of a, a, a one-sided opinion on it. Not really a one-sided opinion, but it's, it's written by the conquerors, you know? It's written by the people who came and saw and won, and this is what happened according to us. Not really that it's one-sided, but it's only what one path has seen. And so, nobody's nobody's erasing history by, by removing statues. But, at the same time, it's a good piece to learn from and to say, okay, we need to not do this again. Which I don't think that it will ever happen again. You know, again, we, we live in the bubble that is the United States where we're as bad as it gets here, it's never as bad as it is anywhere else in the world. You know, if you're... It's 2007. If you live in the United States in the year 2017, no matter how broke you are, no matter how bad off you've got it, you have it better than anybody else anywhere else in the world. It's like the majority of the world lives on... The majority of the population lives on two bucks a day and less than two dollars a day. You know, most of Mexico lives off two dollars a day. So if you're a bum in the United States, if you're a homeless person living in the United States, you can panhandle and make more than $2 a day. Way more than $2 a day. There's people that panhandle and make a couple of hundred dollars in a day, you know? So you're if, if you're in the United States in 2017, you've got it made. There's no question about it. Anybody that can argue that doesn't know, does not know the real numbers, does not know what's really going on in the world. You've got it made, in the shade, getting paid. If you live in America in 2017, it's never been better. The West is the best. That's end of discussion. It's a fact. So we can have these things to learn from, but because that sort of situation, I believe, is never going to happen again because of how you know logical we all are over here, or most of us are, I should say, we're never going to run into a situation like that again. So it's good to reflect on but it's not something that has to be pointed out, I don't think, it has to be pointed out all the damn time because it's not necessary. So I think that we should keep them, but I don't think that they need to be somewhere that represents state and federal government, you know? Because they're not part of the winning side and the today's government represents the winning side. You know, the union fought the battle, won the battle, and that's it. You know, pack it in, 
confederacy. It's over with. You know, unconditional surrender. That's it. It's done. Unconditional surrender. No matter what, we we bow to your will. The North wins. That's what that means. Okay? It's over. So, I think that you can have them. You can keep them. But don't keep them in a courthouse. Don't keep them as part of, you know, a state... As part of a, a state, you know, don't keep them at your state capitol building. Don't keep them at federal building or at federal buildings, something like that. You know, don't do that, you know, because that's bad form. It's bad taste. I think they should still be around somewhere, again, as a reminder of what happened, how we got to this point. We um, America was built off of making changes like this and fighting wars like this, you know, but... You know, you can't, I just don't think you should have them somewhere like that. Somewhere, somewhere important like that, you know? And so, that's, that's sort of my take on it. Trump is saying, you know, the removal of the monuments is sad, and he, you know, likened it to George Washington, and I think Thomas Jefferson? I don't know. I mean, part of me is like, he's kind of got a good point. I mean, because, you know, Thomas Jefferson owned slaves, you know? Thomas Jefferson was before the way of life that changed leading to the Civil War. But Thomas Jefferson owned slaves, you know, and so it's kind of, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, maybe he's right about that, that part of it. You know, the Washington Monument, I don't know, necessarily know. I don't really know Washington's, you know, bad history and stuff like that. I feel like maybe Washington, maybe if I heard it right, he was one of those guys that was, like, piping slaves down. Maybe he had a lot of slave hoes. No disrespect. But, you know, maybe maybe he was one of those guys. I don't know. I think Thomas Jefferson was, though. I think that was his thing. He had lots of slaves because he was he was mixing it up. He was, he was, he was getting in there and... And, uh messing around with some black chicks, you know, nothing wrong with that, but I mean, if you're using slave ownership as a way to do it, that's probably kind of messed up, but I don't know, man, it's, it all comes down to whoever's in office at that point, you know, I live in Lexington, Kentucky, we're moving our statues, they've city voted on it last night, they're, they're relocating ours, so they're not just tearing them down and destroying them, they're doing the right thing and relocating them. So we're still going to keep them, but they're not going to be outside the courthouse or outside of any kind of federal building, anything like that. So it's a it's a good move, I think. But uh, you know, I, I don't know. There's there's going to be no winners really in the situation. Or there will be there will be a winner. But there's always going to be sore losers. That's the best way to put it. There's always going to be a sore loser. That's just the way it is. All these people who believe the South is going to rise again and all that you know nonsense, like. No, it's not. The South is never going to rise again. The only time the South is ever going to rise again is unless it's in the resurgence of the 67 uh, Charger or 69 Charger. That's the only time that the South's ever going to rise again. If there's a resurgence of muscle cars, then by all means, South, rise up, take over, because that's what I'd like to see. But if you're talking about a Southern way of life that involves you know, slavery or Jim Crow, like, 
okay, you need to go ahead and go back to sleep, Chief, because that ain't happening. It's not, it's not going down in today's day and age. So, we'll never see something like that. But, I don't know, man, there's, it's, uh, like I said, there's always going to be sore losers, there's always going to be a people that have a one-sided opinion that's probably going to be wrong, but they've got a right to have their opinions, so you got to, unfortunately, listen to it and put up with it. That's just the way that it is when you live in a country as great as America. People have the right to be wrong and the right to be stupid and everything like that. And it's just like, you know, it's, it's, it's just like what happened. It's like, look, what hap what's happening in Europe and what's happening in Asia and stuff like that. You know, the stuff with ISIS and everything in the Middle East. You know, there's always going to be a group that's one-sided and wrong. And unfortunately... You know, you're either going to have to fight it or deal with it, and now they're pushing back enough to fight. And I think that right now, we've been really lucky to be able to escape most of that crap, you know. A lot of it's been happening in Europe. They've been forcing their way into Germany and London and France and Spain and stuff like that. And, you know, that's sort of the fault of the European Union, where it's just open borders letting anybody through that who gives a damn, because that's what happened. You let people in that don't agree with your way of life, and they try to destroy you. Anybody can tell you. Now, this, let me go ahead. I need to preface this, because people are going to start thinking I'm crazy here. Look, I, I know, I've, I've known and I've met lots of cool people who happen to be Muslim. You know, I got a guy that I work with, Kareem, right now. He's a square dude, cool guy. You know, he's Egyptian, Muslim guy. You know, I got I know a guy named Wally. This his real name is Sheikh. Sheikh Nadai. He's from Senegal, in Africa. He's Muslim, cool guy. Muhammad, Darar, Sarah, which I don't know what her Arabic, what her Arabic version of her name is. Sarah, Sarah, I don't know people I went to high school with, you know, Muslim, they're from Georgia, you know, I've known a couple of guys that, you know, I've worked with at other jobs, who, you know, claim to be Muslim, and you know what, that's cool, you know, I've known a bunch of Muhammads in my day, cool guys, really cool guys, all Muslim, can't say anything bad about him, except that Darar will dog any chick that he meets to have sex with her. But that's just hilarious. Not that he's a bad guy. <laughs> but, um, shout out to Gerard Dambra. Anyway. Um, so, there's this, this thing inherently with Islam, and it's this way for a lot of religions. So it's not like I'm just picking on Islam right here. It's just I'm saying it because they're, they're what's, they're what's going on right now. They're the ones that are really pushing it right now. Is, um, you know, the the goal, the main goal, the point of it is conversion. You know, you've, you've got three options. You if, if, if the world were, if your area, if your country were to, to, were to suddenly be taken over by, by Islam, you know, not even radical Islam, just Islam were to, were to jump in, you know, um, and, and become the dominant force in the area, the dominant religion in the area, and they really exert their will the way that they, uh, 
the way that I guess the Quran would technically tell them to, you sort of have three options if you're in that area and you're not Muslim. Number one is convert. Number one is die. Or number number one is convert. Number two is die. Number three, if you're lucky and, for, and you're from another um, Abrahamic religion like Judaism or Christianity, you know, if you're Catholic or you're Protestant or something like that, and you believe, you know, like I said, in, a, in an Abrahamic religion like that, you get a pass. You're, you're deemed to be a second-class citizen or even a third-class citizen, possibly even worse because you'd be behind Muslim women. But you're, allow, you're allowed to be there. And you, can, you, can, you have to do it in, I guess not really in secrecy because it wouldn't be a secret, but you have to do it in privacy to worship, worship your, you know, practice your religion. That's what your option is. But the main goal is conversion, to make everybody unite under the flag of Allah, under the flag of Islam, and that's it. And so you've got this wave coming into Europe where Europe is, you know, so, sort of free and open-minded, as Western as it gets in that area, since it is Western Europe, in the Western, you know, part of that hemisphere. Um, sort of open and free-minded and free-flowing ideas. And so you're letting everybody come in and take a piece, take a look, and you're getting these people who do not believe in your way of life. And the main goal of their way of life is to convert you, to move you over. And so what happens is that people take the radical side of it, they take an, extreme, an extremist point of view, and they start driving cars into groups of people, and they start cutting people's heads off or blowing up bridges or concerts and stuff like that. That's what happens. And again, this is not me taking a shot at them. I'm not taking a shot at, at Islam or whatever because I've known a lot of really cool Muslim people in my day, you know? So uh, I'm not saying anything negative about them. I mean, this is just the way it is. This is, this is how, it, how it goes. And this is, this is my big thing right now. Like, seriously. We're in a, we're in a backwards time and again, this is, I'm getting ready to say something very inflammatory, okay? I'm getting ready to say something that a lot of people are not going to want to hear, that they're not going to like, but if you, all you need to do, do the research, look at the numbers, find out that this is true. This is a very unfortunate thing, okay? Again, uh, this is not me saying this to make fun of anybody or to bring them down. This is just a fact. This is the way that it is, okay? If you do the research and you look, this is all part, if, if, you, if you look at the characteristics of what this extremism is and what this does, this goes back to one thing and one eventual causality. And it is, and again, you're not going to like this, but look, do the research before you demonize me and, and talk shit and, and say you hate me. Do the research and look at the numbers and, and see for yourself. Like, you know, look it up. This all comes back to one main thing here. This all comes back to one trend, one major trend, and it's it's inbreeding in the local popula population. Because if you look at it, if you look at the numbers, if you do the research and you see what's really going on out there, there's this, in, in the radicalized parts of the world, in the Middle East and stuff like that, they're dominated by incestuous relationships with within the family it's dominated by that 
I mean, there's an area right now, it's like, um, there's like an area right now of like Pakistani Muslims in this like community in, in, uh, England where it's like, <clears throat> there's like an 80% mortality rate because of, uh, because of the level of inbreeding within this community. But if you look at it seriously and you look at the cause and effect of it, how it, how it, you know, what happens, what are the results, how do people act that show this trend, it almost perfectly describes ISIS and the way that they're acting. And all these people, like, what's, what's the common trend here? They're spreading from one central area of the world to try to dominate. And, and what, what's, what's, if you put, if you were to draw a big circle and you were to put the Middle East in the center and the world around the outside of the circle, you'll, you'll see and you'll notice one thing. In Europe, in Europe, in Asia, in Africa, in the United States, in Southern America, all of this stuff is the land of plenty, okay? Think about it. Commerce is booming. Agriculture is booming. Everybody's three, free thinking. Technology is advancing at a ridiculous rate except for the Middle East. They are living in the Stone Age because it is, it's backwards thinking that has got them to that place. And what are they doing? They're migrating away from that area, going to these places, going to the land of plenty, going to where it is prosperous, and they're trying to take it. They're trying to take it over. And you're getting this push where they have to be radicalized and they have to kill people to get their way. That's what you're seeing. Like seriously, if you think about it and you look at it, again, these people are there. And uh, granted, the entire area like right there is not like that. But most of it is. You get on a map and you look at it. You watch a documentary. It's the middle of the damn desert. There's nothing there. They're, they're building, you know, clay huts out of, out of mud and, and, you know, clay bricks and stuff like that. You know, this is not, it's, it's not what it was back in the seventies when, when their economy was booming and technology was booming and women were allowed to drive cars and go to school and stuff like that and wear bikinis and miniskirts and stuff. This is not, it's not the same anymore. And the only thing that has changed is because is it's become more radicalized. It's become more crazy and more dominating. And the one big thing that we can hope for is that if we push back, if we push back enough, if we can if we can build this culture of unity of, you know, good Muslims that are just good people trying to raise their families in, in prosperous countries, if we can bring that, if we can if we can uh, if we can cultivate that kind of culture, working together with with Islam and Christianity and Judaism and Buddhism and all this at Hinduism, if we can, if we can really coach that that lifestyle all across the world, not just in the United States but everywhere, and we can push back on radical ideas, and we can put up a hard defense saying no, we're not going to tolerate this against those radical extremist ideas. Best case scenario is that they will kill themselves off fighting each other for their plot in the dirt, in the desert, because that's what we need them to do if, if we want to be successful.
Now, again, a lot of people are not going to like this idea. A lot of people are not going to like what I've said, the way that I've phrased it. But if you look at it, seriously, if you look at it from an unbiased point of view, from a reasonable point of view, not being a conservative Republican saying that we need to go and we need to fight them right now, we need to end this and we need to drop bombs and we need to wipe them off the earth. That's not the right thing to do. And if you look, if you if you don't look at it from a liberal democratic point of view, saying that we need to bend over backwards and accommodate these people, and we need to let them come in and try to and try to dilute them, you know, by 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 coming in. If you look at it by the numbers and and say that it uh, and see what's going on, you'll realize that that's what has to happen. Okay. We need to accommodate as many good people as we can, and we need to we need to push back and and show a resistance against radical ideas that that seek to destroy Western culture because that's what this is. This is it's a war on Western culture. This is not a war on anybody else. Believe me. The first goal, the first goal of Islam, the first goal of even radical Islam is not necessarily to kill you, it's to convert you. If they can get you to convert to Islam, if they can force you to convert to it, there's no point in killing you because that's more people to support the cause of Allah. So there's no point in that. Their first primary goal is to convert you. That's it. But if you don't want to convert, like I said, you've got two options. One, you're a third class, second class citizen. The other one, you're dead. You know, which one do you want? Nobody wants any of that. People want to do what they want to do. And that's just the way that it is, you know? So your your main option for what you've got to, for what you can to do is we need to we need to keep cultivating and we need to keep building and building off of this culture that we have right now of good people that happen to be Muslim, that happen to be Christian, that happen to be Jewish or Buddhist or whatever the hell you are, atheist or agnostic, we need to we need to grow that together. We need to refine that together and build that as the as the the gold standard. And we need to show resistance against this these radical ridiculous ideas that want to push us back in time and say that it's okay everybody's going out banging their cousins and becoming more radicalized because again you're not gonna like hearing that but that's the truth that's what's gonna happen the World Health Organization the BBC they've all done studies to show that that is a real thing I don't know the numbers off the top of my head I read the study a couple of times and that was it go and look it up it's a real thing I promise you I promise you and if it's not if you find evidence to the contrary Please tell me, because I'm open to my opinion changing if you can show me the numbers. But right now, the numbers that I have seen lead me to believe that that's the case. And when you do something like that, after repeated generations of incest, you end up with thought patterns and behaviors that equal out to be exactly what ISIS is doing. It perfectly describes groups like ISIS, radical, ridiculous groups, and even the Nazis probably, because it's just extremism on the other side, and I don't believe in that either. But in America, you've got a right to protest, not kill people. Again, you know, I'm totally welcome to anybody coming to the United States of America. You know, I 
the I I do think that the travel ban that put that uh, uh, Trump set up, you know, again, uh, again, a travel ban. It's not a Muslim ban. It's a travel ban because again, if you if you do the numbers, the travel ban was only like nine or ten countries that had a Muslim population of over uh, of over ninety percent. Which seems like a lot and may make it seem like it's a Muslim ban, but if you look at the numbers, other countries who identify as Muslim, over 90%, there was more than like 20 countries left that were not affected by the travel ban. The travel ban that is was set up was made to protect us from bringing radicalized you know, extremist views over to the United States to threaten us. And I think that that part of it was smart, but at the same time, I don't think that there was too much. I don't think there was enough defense of it done, and there wasn't enough people going by the numbers showing, hey, this is not a Muslim ban; it's just a straight-up travel ban for people in war-torn areas, you know. And so, I think that we have to protect ourselves, sort of like that, but we still have to do it with the ability of saying, but you can still come. You could be a part of this way of life because we need that. If we're going to stay the top of the food chain, we have to show people that we can still be benevolent and protect the rest of the world because that's what we have to do. Our problems are too minuscule. The media blows everything out of proportion. What happens here? The Charlottesville, what happened in Charlottesville was terrible. What happened in Berkeley was terrible, but it's small scale. It doesn't affect most of the United States. This side versus side thing that you see on the news is not as big of a deal as people make it seem. It's important to respect people's rights, and it's important not to incite violence. But the way that media, the media displays it, both sides, Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, the way that the media portrays it, is so blown out of proportion. It is not on as big of a scale as you think. We are doing so much better than they would have you believe. It is not that big of a deal here. A lot of people will say, we need to focus on our own problems as a country before we help the world. That would be true if our problems were that big of a deal. Again, we are prosperous to the point of boredom. We're doing so well, where even the worst person, the lowest person on the totem pole in the United States has it better than anybody else in the world, okay? Anybody else in the world, and that is a fact. You could check the numbers, that is a fact. We're doing so well, we are bored, so we're squabbling amongst ourselves. If there was a real event, if there was a real conflict going on, if there was a real struggle, people could take their mind off of it, there'd be so much more unity abroad in this country on the media and everything. You see it after tragic events. 9-11 happened, the country stood together to take a stand to fight terrorism, to begin the war on terrorism. A lot of messed up shit happened after that, but we united to one cause. Right now, we don't have a cause to unite, to unite us with, so we're squabbling amongst ourselves. Small scale, though. It's not that bad. I promise you it's not that bad. If you look at it across the grand scheme of things in the country, what is happening, where these two groups are fighting each other, where they're fighting for causes and fighting for oppression that doesn't exist, 
whether it's on both sides, Antifa, neo-Nazis, white nationalists, whatever you want to call it, these, these goals, it's, it's not fighting a cause that needs to be fought in the United States. If you want to take the war somewhere for freedom, it needs to go to the East. We need to be taking this fight to North Africa, to the Middle East, to Europe. We need to be helping them because they're the ones that need it. Our problems are nothing compared to what issues that we've got, okay? We don't have people in the name of Islam drive, driving buses into the middle of tourist areas killing people. Nobody's driving a freight train or a semi down Beale Street on, uh, on uh, the Mardi Gras killing a bunch of people in the name of Islam. There's bigger problems elsewhere in the world that we need to be focused on helping people. Again, you know, I'm totally welcome to anybody coming to the United States of America. You know, I, the, I, I do think that the travel ban that, that uh, uh, Trump set up, you know, again, uh, again, a travel ban. It's not a Muslim ban. It's a travel ban because, again, if you, if you do the numbers, the travel ban was only like nine or ten countries that had a Muslim population of over uh, of over 90%, which seems like a lot and may make it seem like it's a Muslim ban, but if you look at the numbers, other countries who identify as Muslim, over 90%, there was more than like 20 countries left that were not affected by the travel ban. The travel ban that is was set up was made to protect us from bringing radicalized, you know, extremist views over to the United States to threaten us. And I think that that part of it was smart, but at the same time, I don't think that there was too much, I don't think there was enough defense of it done, and there wasn't enough people going by the numbers showing, hey, this is not a Muslim ban, it's just a straight-up travel ban for people in war-torn areas, you know? And so, I think that we have to protect ourselves, sort of like that, but we still have to do it with the ability of saying, but you can still come. You can be a part of this way of life because we need that. If we're going to stay the top of the food chain, we have to show people that we can still be benevolent and protect the rest of the world because that's what we have to do. Our problems are too minuscule. The media blows everything out of proportion. What happens here? The Charlottesville, what happened in Charlottesville was terrible. What happened in Berkeley was terrible. But it's small scale. It doesn't affect most of the United States. This side versus side thing that you see on the news is not as big of a deal as people make it seem. It's important to respect people's rights. And it's important not to incite violence. But the way that media, the media displays it, both sides, Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, the way that the media portrays it is so blown out of proportion. It is not on as big of a scale as you think. We are doing so much better than they would have you believe. It is not that big of a deal here. A lot of people will say, we need to focus on our own problems as a country before we help the world. That would be true if our problems were that big of a deal. Again, we are prosperous to the point of boredom. We're doing so well, where even the worst person, the lowest person on the totem pole in the United States has it better than anybody else in the world. Okay? 
anybody else in the world, and that is a fact. You could check the numbers, that is a fact. We're doing so well, we are bored, so we're squabbling amongst ourselves. If there was a real event, if there was a real conflict going on, if there was a real struggle, people could take their mind off of it, there'd be so much more unity abroad in this country, on the media and everything. You see it after tragic events. 9-11 happened, the country stood together to take a stand to fight terrorism, to begin the war on terrorism. A lot of messed up shit happened after that, but we united to one cause. Right now, we don't have a cause to unite, to unite us with, so we're squabbling amongst ourselves. Small scale, though. It's not that bad. I promise you it's not that bad. If you look at it across the grand scheme of things in the country, what is happening, where these two groups are fighting each other, where they're fighting for causes and fighting for oppression that doesn't exist, whether it's on both sides, Antifa, neo-Nazis, white nationalists, whatever you want to call it, these, these goals, this, it's not fighting a cause that needs to be fought in the United States. If you want to take the war somewhere for freedom, it needs to go to the East. We need to be taking this fight to North Africa, to the Middle East, to Europe. We need to be helping them because they're the ones that need it. Our problems are nothing compared to what issues that we've got, okay? We don't have people in the name of Islam driving buses into middle of tourist areas killing people. Nobody's driving a freight train or a semi down Beale Street on, uh, on uh, the Mardi Gras killing a bunch of people in the name of Islam. There's bigger problems elsewhere in the world that we need to be focused on helping people. But it's a hard time right now. It's hard for everybody to get on board with that. But, oh man, we're about to come full circle right now. Oh, dude. Man, I, I'm really excited about this, guys. We're about to come full circle right now. It's going to be so legit. But the main thing here is, again, it, it's going to be hard for everybody to get together to feel this way and to, to unite for a cause like that, to see that our problems here in the United States are so minuscule compared to what's going on elsewhere in the world. And to say that we need to focus on bringing people in and showing them what Western life is like and saying, this is how you make it. This is how you're going to survive. This is how you're going to have it better than anybody else anywhere else on the planet. This is where your best chance is. We have to, to do that. You have to be able to know what's really going on in the world and to really understand how small our problems are in the United States. And to come full circle, that begins with getting real news from real sources, real facts from real news from real sources. And we're having a hard time getting that out right now. Americans are having to work too hard to get the real news about what's going on in their country and what's really going on in the rest of the world. It's too difficult right now. And until we can squash that, until we can get that sorted out, until fake news, which is pretty much all media right now, all mass media that's on television, that, that masks itself as the news, as the truth, hides it, that the people that hide themselves into what's going on in the community and weather and sports, that has to go away. It either needs to go extinct or it has to be destroyed by alternative media. And luckily, it's dwindling day by day. But like I said, it's going to get worse before it gets better. 
They're going to get crazier before they realize we got to start acting right if we want a chance at getting people. Because people are starting to slowly figure out, Americans are starting to slowly figure out that you can get real news from alternative media. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about places like Salon.com and Jezebel or even Breitbart and stuff like that. You know, because that's just as opinionated as anything else. Or Vice, or something like that. It's just as opinionated as anything else. You know, you've got to, it's, it's hard. You've got to look hard to get the real news to see what's really going on. You've got to do a lot of research to do it. And it, I don't think that it should be that way. And that's why it's so hard for people to believe that our problems here in the United States are not really that big a deal. Our problems are not are not problems on that scale you know things are a lot more chill here than the media wants you to believe and if more Americans can do the the research can get the numbers by themselves if they can do it on their own figure out what's really being said figure out what's really happening in this country and in the rest of the world it would be so much easier for us to to see what's really right and wrong and be able to unite for a real cause, to be able to stand up for people that are really oppressed, that really don't have a voice for themselves, and to help them and bring them here and show them the light. Show them what it, what it means to live here, what it means to be really free. Because enough people in the world don't know what that is. Enough people in the world are having too hard of a time right now. We've got it too easy here in the, in the U.S. Life is hard, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that shit is easy for everybody all the time. Life is hard. Life's hard for anybody, anywhere. If you're a billionaire, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, life is hard. Struggles are going to happen. Shit's going to hit the fan. But you have to realize our darkest day here is somebody else's best day somewhere else. And as soon as we can get a grip on that, as soon as we can wake up and realize that that's the case, the sooner that we can fight real tyranny, real oppression, the sooner that we can bring the world to and humanity to an elevated level of consciousness where we just become a true symbiotic species and we can really live together and be prosperous on this planet and elsewhere in the solar system. So... Thanks again, guys, for listening. Hope I didn't go too off the deep end. I hope you guys still like me. Again, if you got any ideas or opinions, hit me up on Twitter. I'd appreciate it. Thanks. Have a great day.